2: Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore in the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers at Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, let's talk about him first, because we haven't introduced him first in a couple of weeks, and that would be Joe Perez. Hey, Joe.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going. How was your weekend? Uh, I heard filled, it was chaotic. Filled with <laughs> chaos, hate, and a lot of whiskey. I think I'm down to like a third of a bottle of my jack.
2: You want to explain very briefly
1: why? <laughs> so there's a special place in hell for DDoSers, and this is not Blizzard-related, surprise, uh, but my the company the that job. I work... My day job, my nine-to-five, uh, deals with the internet in a large capacity, and the DDoSers happen to affect my business as well as everybody else for a two days straight, which meant that I didn't get sleep for two days straight, because, yeah. So DDoSers... <laughs>
2: That was super fun on Friday because they shut down everything that was remotely fun, so all there was to do was work. Right? Well, what it was,
1: <laughs> well, what it was was it was a uh, an attack on a DNS actually, and okay. it was the first time that it happened, um, at least in this scale. And Dynac is a one of the largest di- DNS providers in the entire Northeast. And uh, to give you an idea, a normal a normal DDoS attack is something along the lines of 500 gigs being transmitted from various IPs. Uh, in a short period of time. That's 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 a large-scale
2: one. It basically um, chokes things
1: is yeah, what it does. Okay. We, were at, we were at 900 gigs per 10 seconds Whoa. Uh, as of like midday yesterday.
2: Whoa. So okay. like it, not
1: only was it massive, but it was causing things to
2: essentially light on fire. So Joe
1: had fun.
2: So if anybody was wondering why the internet was not the internet the past couple of days, that would be why. Uh, second co-host, of course, is our other lore-focused writer over on Blizzard Watch, and that would be Matt Rossi. Hey, Rossi. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Better now. Better now.
0: Yes. Let's just let's just leave it there because any discussion of why I would need to be better now would involve things that we don't need. Basically, every month I have a Lovecraftian nightmare, so we don't <laughs> we don't need to cover it in any detail. I will say that not only did I sleep through the whole DNS attack, but I'm in Canada, so a lot of the systems that were affected don't affect me. Like my Netflix was fine when everyone else was like, "Oh, Netflix is down." I'm like, I'm watching Netflix right now.
2: Well, yeah, you're watching Canadian Netflix. Which in is inherently,
0: it's inherently inferior, Canadian Netflix, because a lot of stuff isn't on it, but it was working, so in that moment was it was better. There was a point
2: in time where I could actually access the Canadian Netflix, and I liked going there, because they had movies that I didn't have down here. <laughs>
0: that's, that's why I always liked English Netflix.
2: Yeah, England back, England yeah. Netflix was also very European Netflix, any of the Europe... like. England was good. Um, Sweden. Sweden was always excellent. They always had an excellent selection of stuff. But, yeah, I can't access any of those anymore. I used to be able to. Anyway, uh, so today – sorry – We got a lot of chit chatter out of the way, but today we're going to be talking more of you guys' emails because in between the last episodes and now, we got a mountain. We got a mountain of email from you guys about various things, lore related stuff in Legion, questions and whatnot, and we do appreciate those. So we're going to go ahead and discuss some of those and just. Just judging from a few of the questions that we're going to address today, we're probably not going to get very far down that list. <laughs> so our next episode maybe uh if you, don't, if you don't hear your email addressed in this episode, stay tuned because it'll probably be addressed in the next one in a couple of weeks here. All right. So uh, our first email is from Galen, who is a level 110 mage on odd And he says, hi, Watchers, lore question for you. Since the release of Chronicle and the reveal of the missing elementals on Azeroth, spirit... I've been thinking about how this relates to what we've seen in lore. Is it confirmed that chi, the monk resource, is in fact spirit? Could the emergence of monks be an indication that spirit slash chi is more abundant than in earlier ages, and that perhaps Azeroth is no longer consuming all of the spirit and nearing the end of its gestation? Gestation? I'm going to assume that, that that's supposed to be gestation. Anyway, yeah. says, love you guys,
0: podcast and your crazy theories, Galen. So what do you guys think? Spirit, chi, monks, go. Well, I mean, first up, I don't know that we can say that the emergence of monks proves anything. Because monks have been around since before the Sundering. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire monk tradition comes out of the Pandaren saying, okay, we need to get rid of the Mogu. But they've taken all our weapons. We can't fight them. How do we? How are we going to get rid of them? And they worked out a system where they could fight back without um, using weapons, and so they would have been using chi the whole time. Uh, so whether or not this proves anything new, they didn't just emerge; they've been around the whole time. The reason we have monks in places we didn't have monks before is nothing to do with them. It has a lot to do with the, the last Pandaren Emperor and his sort of like his creation of the mists because he didn't successfully defeat the Shah of Pride. The mists that were around Pandaria that shielded Pandaria were pride. They were the Shah itself. They were its power. So whether or not it proves anything, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I know it's I've, there's all sorts of things where chi is the Pandaren word for spirit. Yeah, I think is it is the same power. It is the same energy as shamans. That's like even in like uh, Dave Kossack tweeted that. So.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's it's I think it's equivalent, but I think looking at it is she is the manipulation of inner spirit. Right. And us as player characters, we have an abundance of spirit. We know this. Uh, we know this because we can, it's been explained many, many times over that we are not like the elementals. We are, we have like this will, we have this tie to the planet in in, in certain ways. Um, it's not like sort of like a shaman spirit, which is shamans try to tap into the outward force of the world, commune with the spirits of whatever element they're trying to talk with and essentially coerce or, or strike a deal with these entities and these powers outside of their bodies monks take what's already inside of them and focus it to whatever point whether it's to harden their fists or to give them better speed or, or whatever the case is so i i don't necessarily know that it, it indicates that it's going to uh, say that Azeroth is no longer consuming all of the spirit so much as monks figured out how to take the spirit that they were allocated and harden it use it as a weapon i think that's i think that's more accurate
0: well i know just looking looking at dave kosak's twitter feed i can see three tweets where he says chi is a pandaren term for spirit the saint the primal life force that shamans tap into to heal like he says this three times in three different tweets
2: yeah and i so, think i whether think... or
0: not it's you know inner or outer i yeah, i can i can't help you with that
2: I don't think that this is really an indication of anything as far as, like, oh, there's a resurgence of spirit, so Azeroth is getting better, or whatever. I, I don't think it's really that. I think it's just they learned how to manipulate it because that was what they had available at that point in time. I yeah, mean,
0: yeah. I don't... They basically had to do something, and they didn't have anything else to do. They, the they didn't that- have anything. They didn't have
2: any weapons or anything. And this was all pre-Sundering. Keep in mind, this is all, like, thousands mm-hmm. of years before the Sundering.
0: Yeah, so the other interesting thing about that is that the Pandaren are one of the few people on Azeroth who inherently, natively have a shamanic tradition. Yeah. Yes. Um, There's dwarves and them and trolls. And furbogs. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Furbogs. I guess you could count Torrin too, but... I don't
2: know if I would count dwarves in the mix, though, because dwarves
0: were titan-forged at one point. but the Wildhammer seem to develop their own. They did tradition. it on
1: their own, and they have. It, yeah. As as speaking as somebody who's played a shaman for a very long time, uh, the the wild stuff is very unique. It's not generic shamanism one on one.
2: No, and it's pretty cool and everything. I'm just saying that as far as the uh, native Azeroth races go, you'd yeah. be looking at trolls. You'd be looking at pandarin. Pandarin. Uh, I don't know if we know their actual, like, origins, origins, where they came from, specifically. Yeah, we don't,
0: we don't know, like, there's never been anything said that Pandaren come from X. We don't, we yeah. don't know if they're, like, w- there's some hinting, like, there's some very vague hinting that the Tauren actually come from Nisao. Mm-hmm. Like Which much is... the same way, much the same way that the Firbolg are related to Ursoc and Ursol, that Nizao is that for Torin, and that the original Torin—it's the think... Wild Gods—kind of yeah. originated these races. Yeah. And it didn't um, I'm pretty sure Chronicle even comes out and says the Torin are originally from Pandaria. Like that the yes. the the, the, yeah. uh, the Yak Torin, the Yongol are the original form, and everybody. Yeah, they're else kind of the like rise. the
2: progenitor. How do you pronounce that? Progenitor is progenitor. Progenitor.
0: Yeah. Progenitor.
2: progenitor. Yeah. Okay. So it's sort of like the trolls being, you know the progenitor race for all of these other little sub factions and whatnot but um a- as far as that goes i yeah, mean yeah there's
0: nobody nobody has stepped up and said i am the god i am the wild god that made the pandaren
2: yeah and, and i would think that there's some kind of like uh, diversion from Ursoc, Ursol. i think the Wo- i think the warcraft magazine no, it didn't mention Pandaren because that that was pre that was pre Pandaren. But um, it had this article that was written from the point of view of Brand Bronzebeard. So keep that in mind because Brand could be making all of this stuff up. But he equated a lot of Azeroth races to various um, wild gods, um, and that was part of where the Furball and the yeah, soccer played, Soul thing came from. He played um,
1: anthropologist for a while there. Yeah, yeah, he played
2: anthropologist for a while. <laughs> there was a big there was a big spread about it, and. Um, some of it might be accurate. Some of it might not be accurate. We don't know because it was written. Bran wrote it.
1: <laughs> All I'm saying is, though, if, if Firbolgs were the progenitor race for Pandaren, I wouldn't be upset. Just, just
2: No, so. neither would I. Yeah, but I again, think... it's like it's one of those it's one of those uh, situations where if we're talking about native Azeroth races, we would have to say Pandaren, Trolls, Torin are pretty much the three originators of the Shaman. And then dwarves, maybe dwarves picked it up because they saw what like one of these native races doing it. I don't know.
0: We have to keep in mind too, um, which I know Joe can back me up on this one. Yeah. Um, if the dwarves, the dwarves are a uh, titan forged. Yeah. And the titan forge created the elemental planes. Mm-hmm. Well, and then they'd have it like in their programming, right? They, or
1: at least they'd have. Or like vestiges like of it, memories well, of
0: I, it in I their. I
1: think part of it too, though, is is who created the dwarves, right? Cosgrove. Loken. Well, L-Loken. Loken. Loken. Um. They they worship Kasgoroth, They worship in their own way. If you look, pay attention to the Wildhammers, um, amunthol Like there, the, the, there's all sorts of references to an all all deity, so to speak. They don't call him an all deity, but it's like the unifying spirit factor that they they sort of worship. Sort when you of like the All
2: Father. Yeah,
1: kind of. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and it's, it's this weird tr- this weird blending of almost traditional dwarf Norse style um, mythology and shamanism all together and it's really really cool and a lot of the wild hammer worship revolves around lightning in particular um lightning and fire and i think that's really really kind of cool
0: but this doesn't answer your question in the
1: slightest no not at all
2: <laughs> as far as the whole chi spirit connection thing and what that means as equated to stuff you know when you're talking about resources that the various classes use when they're just like casting spells and stuff in game. I tend to look at that more of a game mechanic thing than I do a lore thing. And I don't put too much importance on it because I'm pretty sure that whoever's at blizzard that comes up with these things, they're doing the same thing. They're just like, it's a resource and we need a name for this resource that makes sense within the context of the lore. Okay. And there's no real meaning to it beyond that. So I don't know if I'd look into it any further than that. Um, And I know that doesn't really answer your question, but hey, you know, we talked about it. So thanks, Galen. (laughs) Uh, Our next email is from Areni, a Calderay shadow priestess of Thunderhorn EU. That's a mouthful. Who says, you know what? Okay, so there's a lot of chit chat here. And then there's a question. And the question is completely unrelated to the chit chat. So we're just going to get to the question because the chit chat actually comes up in somebody else's question later on. And I know that's so convoluted, but we will get there, I promise you. Okay, so Areni says, Hello, watchers. What do you think Jane is doing? And please don't say Colteris. That would be the boring answer unless you can back it up with something entertaining. Use your imagination. You guys have plenty. With you since the beginning, Areni.
0: I refuse to not mention
1: Colteris now. He's exactly. Such uh,
0: but, a logical place for her to go. But let me say this much we have zero idea of what's going on in Colteris. we we know nothing about it the last we heard about Tiras was back in the second war we have like the closest we've come to a reference to it sect since then was warcraft 3 when the Tiras fleet showed up in kalimdor and admiral dalen proudmore never said why he left Colteris. grand There's admiral
2: nothing- he just, the grand admiral showed up and he was just like Hey, what's up? Just thought I'd see how you're doing.
0: Oh, hey, there are orcs here. Let's kill them all. Yeah, <laughs> and he showed up with a big fleet. He, he did. was a threat. Like the, the, it was, This was not a situation where the Horde was in trouble. Like They couldn't just shrug him off. Uh, if it weren't for Jaina, he prob- probably could have beat him, quite frankly. Uh, and she, Jaina's she, probably gritting her teeth about this at this oh, yeah. very second. Yeah, so in terms of Colteris, for all we know, Colteris is on the bottom of the ocean. And for all we know, dead. it's been
2: taken over, and it's now the last vestige of, like, the Black Empire.
0: Yeah, we know nothing <laughs> about this. So, in of itself, Kul Tiras is interesting as an answer, but let's assume... I'm going to say for a moment. I'll, I'll play along. I'll assume she didn't go to Kul Tiras. Where would she go? Well, um, she obviously didn't go to Dalaran because yeah, what we saw her there, leave. Yeah. Where would an extremely powerful mage go if they couldn't go to Dalaran? Now... She's not going to quell to quell the loss, which is the next most reasonable answer. Um, that leaves you with a few other answers. I mean, there's a few other probabilities. One of them is, you know, several of these. We, we keep finding night elf ruins that are absolutely packed with magic. Like, I would not be surprised to see her in Suramar in disguise. Mm-hmm. If we can disguise ourselves and go into Suramar, you're going to tell me Jaina Proudmore can't? An illusion. What are you yes. hiding? And, and her illusion wouldn't be banishable because it's Jaina freaking no. Proud No, yeah. So imagine right now, Surmar must be effing fascinating to mages. And imagine you're Jaina, you're like, you want to you beat the Legion, but you also want to beat the Horde. You want to win both battles. Surmar managed to hold off the Legion for 10,000 years. The Nightwell? That sounds interesting. I honestly wouldn't – I would not be surprised to see Jaina in 7.1 in Suramar. I wouldn't be surprised not to see her either because I know how Blizzard works, but I would not be surprised to
1: see her. It would make perfect sense. Why wouldn't she go check that out? See, in 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 my brain when she disappeared, the first thing that I thought, the absolute first thing that came to my brain was that, oh god, she's going to go and become a pirate queen mage. And I totally see her, like, in the swashbuckler outfit, riding on the, like, the top of the mast, hurling fireballs at ships because she can. And she's like, oh, yeah, I need to defeat the Horde. I need to defeat the Legion. And the Alliance basically abandoned me and everything that I stood for because, you know. Well, I lost my town, I lost a whole lot of people, I lost a lot of things I cared about, and then they invited the horde back in after they murdered everything I loved. Ah, time to harry their lines too. And she just turns into this massive like pirate like pirate queen's the best thing I could think of, mostly because I really love pirates and because I would love to see Jaina as a magical pirate queen, but that's that's where I'm with it.
2: Okay. So, I'm going to I'm standing by Colteris. I, I seriously, I'm going to stand by Kul Tiras And I know you say it's the boring option already, but What if she I'd, took Colteris back? I don't think it's the boring option. I think that Jaina, look at where Jaina is right now. She's lost everything. She lost Theramore, and when she lost Theramore, she was told, Here, you get to lead the curant tour. She was told this by Cadgar. Who said that Crassus left a prophecy, and he read the prophecy to her, and that prophecy said flat out she's supposed to be leading the Curantor. So when Cadgar comes back and says, "Nope, sorry, um, we need to work with the Horde," and Jaina says, "Fine, I'm out," and leaves, what does that leave her with? She can't go talk to Varian. Varian's not here anymore. She can't go talk to Anduin. Anduin's on the same page with everybody else. Where is she going to go? How is she going to find an army? Well, the last time somebody really wanted to beat the heck out of the horde, who was it? Colteris, her dad, Grand Admiral Dalen Proudmore. So, wouldn't it be natural for her to go home? Wouldn't it be natural for her to hunt down the remainder of that kingdom she came from, the kingdom that, you know, she may be the last living descendant of Dalen Proudmore? We don't know. Wouldn't it be natural for her to go there, find those armies, take them together and go, hi, we're going to go take a chunk out of the Horde now? Um, either that or alternatively, the Nexus, because I could see her going to the Nexus and trying to do something crazy there with the crazy amounts of power that's there. Uh, Caligos isn't there anymore. He's in Dalaran. He he just kind
0: of stepped up and took her place, you know? Um which really, man, if you're in a relationship with somebody and she loses her job, you do not immediately take a job with that organization. <laughs> you don't you don't go, OK, well,
2: um, I heard you guys have an opening <laughs> like 10 seconds after
0: she leaves the room. <laughs> that's yeah, just that's a bad idea. Not a good move. Bad idea all around. But I mean, I, mean, I can come up with like three or four other possibilities. Like one of the first things that comes to mind is she might go back to Theramore and just lift the entire freaking city up into the sky and drop it on something.
2: There's yeah. nothing left of it though. It's just purple it,
0: dust. That's why you drop the you, it's why you lift the crater up out of the ground and drop it like a bomb. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: you make know, a seriously. second floating city, a second Dalaran.
0: Or for that matter, I mean, I'm going to make a bigger, better Dalaran. Or she could go back to Calteris like you said. If Calteris is currently underwater, I mean, because we had the Cataclysm and we don't know what happened to Kulturas. Um If it's out in the middle of the ocean or underwater or whatever, she could lift that up. Imagine, oh, yeah. imagine you take Joe's idea and your idea and put them together, plus floating Culterus. She makes Culterus into a floating city. She gets all, all she, she turns all their boats into skyships, and now they are a pirate fleet, you know, of Culterus, of Jaina. Yeah,
1: I, would, like, I would, subscribe to that newsletter.
0: And okay. She, and she uses Culterus literally as a warship. Like the entire island is now a warship. What now, I would
2: what I would dearly love to see. And I know we're probably not going to see it because he's, he's not Canon. He was mentioned in the RPG books, uh, the RPG manuals and those have been stricken from the record. They're no longer Canon. Um, everything that's in them is basically it's not canon unless they make it canon so nothing in there can be taken if it hasn't appeared in game or in any of the novels then theoretically it doesn't exist it's unless the Star they Star Wars situation unless they pop it into existence tandred proudmore is supposed to be the other son of Dalen proudmore and he was in the RPG books, but he's never been in game. So supposedly, Tandred does not exist and has never existed. I would love for him to exist. I would love for Jaina to go back to Colteris to find her brother and have her brother go, Wow, you turned out just like dad. Just to see what happens. <laughs>
0: Like I want a family reunion. <laughs> now Chandra doesn't exist
2: again. Good job. yeah. I want a family reunion, and the two of them just like fight. just like duke it out. It'd be great. It'd be great. Um but i would I would be okay with her going back to Colteris. That to me, that seems like the most logical choice beyond, yeah if she went to the nexus or if she went yeah if she went and lifted like she built her own magical city somewhere but the thing is is like everybody's on board with Cadgar's plan she's the only one who's not on board with this plan so where does that leave her what does that leave
0: her to do See, by finding other the, people
1: that are fueled by hate just like she is right now no, 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 no. right here's the, thing.
0: here's the thing though she isn't the only one not on board with with Cadgar's mm-hmm. plan there's a very large very powerful figure in the alliance right now who is not on board with the like the let's work
1: with the horde plan?
2: Floating, Ooh. floating Gilneas. Well, I mean, yes. Gilneas
1: was what? <laughs> Gilneas was just north of Kal'Tharris, wasn't it? Yeah. They used to be trade partners. They, they were trade partners. They there were. was a history there.
0: And the thing is, is that Gen Gen is working with the Alliance. He he is very much you know back. He's essentially taken Varian's job because while Anduin is High King, it's Gen who is the one leading the armies. He's the one who's going He's out. He's the most and experienced fight. general. Yeah. So Gen. Hates Sylvanas a lot.
2: That cinematic it, in Stormheim was so good.
0: Oh, yeah, it's it was oh, yeah. brilliant. It was so good. Part where he's sitting there and she's bragging like, you know, I under I overestimated you. And he just lifts up the 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 lantern and just holds it there for a second. And she's like, oh, and then he just smashes the thing. And he's like, you know, it's it's just short of him doing a double flip off with F-bombs and backflipping onto a motorcycle to ride away level of you know of 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 a of a kiss off it was brilliant it I was so it. good <laughs> that whole sequence was so good
2: um And I've been waiting for that clash to happen for a very long Mm -hmm. time. And I don't think that it's over. I really don't. Oh, it can't be over now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, 7.1's arrival, which is going to arrive. We're recording this on Sunday. So people that are listening to this on Patreon, you're going to see it on Tuesday. People that are listening to it on the website, you guys saw it last Tuesday because that's how we work here in time. We're all a member of the Bronze Dragon Flight here. We're lovely. Um, <laughs> it's all wibbly wobbly as far as it go- that goes. We're going to see the, uh, what is it, the Trial of Valor raid?
0: Yeah, Trial of Valor with the Odin uh, and Odin, Garm, and Helia. Yeah.
2: yeah, and they said that it resolves the Stormheim, it kind of resolves the Stormheim zone story, but the thing is, is it's like, well, which story is it?
1: Yeah, there's is two is it really the big one, news
2: ends. Is it the one with Odin and Helia Which is the obvious choice here, because obviously those are the bosses that we're dealing with. But, is there more there to the Gen and Sylvada's conflict, or is that something that we're just waiting for in an upcoming future patch somewhere down the road? Because we have not seen the last of this fight. Oh no. that, that cinematic that was just the first little skirmish.
0: So I, am, I am
2: sure they're going to be at each other's throats before the end was, of this expansion.
0: That was Gen putting himself back on the board. Yeah. Because up to this point Sylvanas had pretty much won everything. Sylvanas had taken Gilneas out. I mean maybe she didn't actually have control of it but yeah, that nobody can really call the Gilneas their city well, anymore. she killed Gen's son, like right she in killed, front of them. Oh, she yeah. killed Gen's son. She destroyed Gilneas. She drove them back into Gilneas when they were trying to take Silverpine back. So she'd won everything. Like she, she, in terms of the, she Gens sent them running
2: to Kalimdor.
0: Yeah. So this was him saying, "Oh, you, yeah, you hurt me. You hurt me really badly, and I just took everything from you." Yep. <laughs>
2: One of us isn't. Neither one of us is gonna live forever, and I just made sure
1: that your life is gonna be a heck of a lot shorter. Well, and, and it's totally a, again move too. It's like it I'm is mutually, oh. mutually assured destruction is right on his plate.
0: I because that's love, the problem.
1: You I take,
2: love Gen so much.
1: I, I, I do too, <laughs> but you like you take everything away from the old wolf, and he's got nothing left to lose. And the most dangerous animal is the cornered animal, because
2: has nothing left. He to has lose. nothing
1: left to lose. That's when your throat gets ripped out. He'll he'll sacrifice his own life to take you down with him. And it's going to be glorious when that comes to its apex.
2: I do kind of want to know where his wife is at. Obviously, we know where his daughter is at. She's doing interesting things on her own. Um, but we don't know where his wife is at. I'm assuming that she's just, you know, chilling back in Darnassus, taking care of everybody, because that's what she does. But I sort of wish that we'd see more of her in this situation, too, because we never really saw... I mean, we saw Gen's reaction to his son's death and we saw everybody get on the boats to cross, but we never, we've, we haven't really seen anything about Gen's wife at all, ever. And I kind of wish that we'd see something like a short story or something. I don't know. Just something. She, a little she got, something.
0: She got mentioned in the Gen story, but I agree that we could definitely have more of both her and her daughter, for that matter. I mean, she got to do if some her daughter,
2: stuff, but... If her daughter is doing what her daughter is doing right now, the whole life of subterfuge and, you know, joining the Uncrowned, that kind of thing, then there's something going on with the wifey, too. And I want to know what's going on with her. Like, what does she think about all of this? What is she doing in the meantime? What is she preparing? Because... The thing about Gilneas and the citizens of Gilneas is they are a stubborn, prideful, prideful group of people and they use that to their advantage. And I just I haven't seen that from her yet. And I want to see I want to see where her spark is at. (laughs) So, yeah, um, already, there's some theories for you. (laughs) I don't know if any of them are correct or not. I guess we'll find out. I don't think that this is the last of Jaina. And I think we will see her again before the expansion is out. Really? Um same thing with Andrew. We we saw Andrew at the beginning of the expansion but we haven't really seen him do anything since then. We're going to see him again too. We have to at this point. Okay, so our next email is from Gavin on uh what is that? Airy Peak. Yes. Airy Peak. Who says, "Hey watchers, really enjoy the show. Thanks for putting this out and digging through all the lore. Is it just me, or can we acknowledge that Illidan and most demon hunter NPCs just don't get what the word sacrifice means? Giving something up in exchange for something like power abilities, cool war glaives, etc., isn't a sacrifice. It's a trade or a purchase. If it's a sacrifice, you give it up with no expectation of reward. Usually the best you'd hope for is appeasement. If I sacrifice this bull, hopefully the big scary spirit guy won't flood the village when it rains. And Illidan didn't sacrifice the moon guard he flat out murdered them they never agreed to it he never asked them nothing i suppose in his arrogance he could see that as sacrificing his moon guard so he'd have to replace them but that line of thought is its own can of worms your thoughts thanks again for a great podcast
0: series i'm gonna straight up say um you're making a mistake here okay what illidan sacrificed wasn't any of the things you're talking about illidan sacrificed his entire life and not just illidan every demon hunter sacrifices their entire mm-hmm. life everything they have, that they are yeah, they don't have lives anymore they can't really go home they can't live a life they can't get married have children be part of of Calderai or Cinderai society they're forever out of it they've given up their people they've given up everything that made them who they were and taken something completely monstrous into themselves knowing it would ruin them forever yes they gain the power to fight the legion what they lose is what they're fighting for.
2: They took they took that piece of the demon into themselves, and once it's there, you can't get it out again. This is a one way bargain. Like yes, you can't just say, okay, well, legions defeated. I'm not a demon hunter anymore. Bye. No, it doesn't yeah. work that way. The
1: nightmares will still be there. The the insanity, The demon the is still there, and you're still, still fighting
2: it. And yeah. honestly, if you think about it, really if we want to really defeat the Legion and we want to get rid of all of the demons and we want to purge the universe of them, the very last thing that we're going to have to purge are the demon demon hunters. hunters.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And they know it
2: and they know it and they're prepared for that.
0: They know that at the end of their long, long battle with the demons, if we successfully defeated the Legion, let's say in 10,000 years, if we actually successfully defeated the Legion, the last thing we would have to do, as Anne pointed out, would be to either kill or confine them forever. Kill them. That's, We'd that's have to get area.
2: rid of them all. If we wanted to eradicate the Burning Legion, we would have to eradicate them, too. And they understand this. That's why what drives them to become demon hunters in the first place is the fact that they have lost everything. And much like, you know, we were talking about again being a cornered wolf, he's got nothing left to lose. These guys have nothing left to lose, and they have nothing left to live for. So they're doing the one thing that they can do in the situation that they're in, and that's get vengeance. And yep. once they get that vengeance, they're done, and they're ready to go. They're ready to move on. They're ready to die. They're ready for their spirit to go wherever it happens to go.
0: Ilanon's a little different, a little bit, uh, in that he, you know, for him, there's for all that there's some there's some wonky stuff during the whole uh, Zera cinematic stuff. But one of the really powerful ones is when you go to Ashara. And you go to the place where Illidan actually met Sargeras. And Sargeras basically burned his eyes out of his head while giving him power. He didn't just do that. He showed Illidan what was coming to Azeroth. Um, and this is something that really needs to be pointed out. The entire demonic army that came during the original War of the Ancients... Combined with the entire demonic army that went to Outland... Combined with the entire demonic army from Warcraft III, Combined with the entire demonic army we're seeing now in Legion... Isn't even the a fragment of a scraping off a toenail of one demon's worth of demons that they have? It's the tiniest speck of their army. The reason that they have not just flooded Azeroth with demons is because they are vast and span the universe and have other things to do. And even now that they're really mad at us, they still haven't unleashed it all. And Illidan saw this. He saw that even if they won the War of the Ancients. They were doomed. There was no hope. And the only way to beat them, the only way to beat the Legion in his mind, was to use the Legion against itself. That was it. There was no other force in the cosmos sufficient to, for the, for their defense. And that's his sacrifice. He gave up. One of the things that I really hope they actually work on is the fact that he isn't necessarily pining for Taronda anymore. That one of the things that he's doing is, he'd like her to survive, but it's not to get her, because he can't get her. He can't be with anyone ever. That's not his life anymore. He'll never have that. He has given that up. That's that's what demon hunters sacrifice. They sacrifice all that stuff. Like, do you remember back in Mr. Pandaria when they constantly talked about, you know, what what do we why do we fight? Yeah. The demon hunter answer would be everything I've given up is why I fight so that you get to have it. That's that is the sacrifice. The sacrifice isn't you know, oh yeah, I gave up my eyes, but now I can see through cool demon stuff it's it's you know, I gave up everything, so I'll you know when I'm done with this fight, I, I will have nothing because I have nothing now. I have not there's no anything you can't but
2: you'll have everything to live for.
1: yeah, exactly.
2: Joe, you got any thoughts on that?
1: I was going to say the exact same thing. I mean, it's you have to look at the aftermath, not necessarily the the purchase that they made, because, like you said, at the end of this, there is going to be nothing for them except oblivion awaiting them. And we don't know what's going to and they don't even know what's going to happen to them once they die, either, too. They could be torn apart inside of the Twisting Nether. Their spirits could be, you know, tortured for all eternity, they could wind up in whatever the actual real version of Helheim is. Um, We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen to them. They don't know what's going to happen to them. So they have made the ultimate leap. And if you want to go back to the, the Illidan thing where he sacrifices moon guard, you want to talk about, he murdered them. Yeah, he did, but he also sacrificed bits of, for lack of a better term, his humanity, because at that point there was no turning back. Once he did that, there was nothing left for him to go back to that. There would, he, he gave up what made him acceptable in society. And that was a sacrifice in and of itself. There there's a lot more here than just what's on the surface.
2: I like I like the idea of Taronda moving on from being some sort of, you know prize for him to claim to just being the uh, representation of everything that he's fighting for. I, I like I like that. The more that I thought about that because at first I was like, man, it's real creepy. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, okay, no, if he's just using her as like a visual fixation to kind of represent, everything that he loves about life that would that would be okay
0: it's like the old saying you know you can't mourn like i, I don't remember what's, what novel it's from but there's a point where the guy says you know i can't mourn everyone i can't right i can't love everyone i don't know everyone but i i can love this one person i can mourn this one person i can fight for you i can't fight for everybody you and, are and- the representation of everyone yeah because illidan really only had two friends growing up yeah, and he had they were, and his brother. One That's of them was had. his
2: brother and the other one was the woman he loved who didn't yeah. love him back, but it didn't stop him from loving her.
0: No, because it doesn't. That's it
2: never the... does. <laughs> I mean, you can love someone and they don't love you back. Oh well, you can't just turn that off like a light switch. It doesn't work that way. But um I wanna move on though to where Gavin here was talking about the moon guard, sacrificing the moon guard. Do you guys have any mm. thoughts on that, Joe?
1: Well, like I just said, it was it wasn't necessarily that he murdered them. He did. He absolutely did. But it was what he gave up in and of himself. Also, I mean, I
2: mean, when to- we're thinking about that time period, he hadn't yet learned the nature of exactly. sacrifice. So well, was yeah, this maybe really.
0: just him kind of coming to a false assumption of maybe. what sacrifice means? or? Well, I mean, yeah, quite frankly, he didn't even – I think that there's a fair – There's a. this is a fair criticism of him and his idea of sacrifice because it wasn't him giving up anything of himself. It was, you know, it's like it's a shame you have to die that I might win sort of thing. It's not like this wasn't, you know, I have to win even if it costs me my arm. I have to win even if I means, you know – it was, I have to win, even if these people that I've really only known for a relatively short period of time have to die. Oh well. Sorry. Anyway, you know, the Moonguard served Ravencrest, and Ravencrest put Illidan in charge of them. It, it isn't It isn't the same thing. It isn't a really good example of sacrifice. It's very much an example of Illidan being callow. And Illidan was callow for a very long time. Um, he was very much somebody who thought selfishly and in terms of himself, and I think. It took the exposure to Sargeras. It took the the understanding of just how big this problem is.
2: And I think the thing that we have to understand, too, is that during the War of the Ancients, these guys were still young in terms of like night elf lifetimes. These guys were still young. All three of them were pretty young. They hadn't grown up yet to the point where oh they're experiencing everything in the world they were just getting to the point where they're like okay well I think I'm gonna be a priestess okay well I think I'm gonna be a druid. like that's where they were so illidan didn't really have that understanding of the world
1: and that might explain a
2: little bit of that callousness that he you know demonstrated was just he didn't have that kind of understanding and I don't think that he got that understanding until he saw what he saw when Sargeras was burning his eyes out in that, you know, that vision from Zera, all of a sudden it kicked in and it was like the world's biggest wake up call ever. It's, um, it's
0: fair. It's very fair to say, too. I mean, even the other two didn't necessarily know what was going to happen to them either. Like, like Malfurion knew he wanted to be a druid, but he didn't really understand what that meant. No. Cenarius was still teaching him. And straight up, Taronda did not want to be high priest. That wasn't, she was kind of vaguely interested in the priesthood and found herself going from an initiate she to high chosen. priest. She was chosen. Yeah.
2: She but, was chosen. She didn't.
0: She didn't ask
2: for it. She didn't, like, you know, campaign for that role. They just showed up and said, hey, by the way, what's-her-name is dead. She said that you're next in line. Have fun with that.
0: (laughs) And that was that. (laughs) Her god effectively picked her. Yeah. And when other people tried to say no to this, her god made clear, no, this is my choice. And so Toronto went from, like, you know, that's a lot of responsibility to have thrown on you. Oh, They all went through that. Illidan kind of had, like, he went from... I'm doing all this stuff because, you know, I want to prove I'm the better man. I want to prove to Toronto that she should love me too. Oh, Oh, no, the world is way bigger
2: than I need to get the girl.
0: Yeah. And that's if they, if they pull that story off properly, which they've hinted at, and if they pull it off properly, it's a really interesting idea because it's the idea. It's the, it's the difference between immaturity and maturity. It's the point where you understand. I feel
2: like, I feel like I need to write a note of your lore about this. And I probably will, which means if you're listening to this podcast, (laughs) On the website you'll already have read it on Friday so (laughs) but I want to talk about the nature of sacrifice and I also want to talk about that whole Illidan and Tyrande dynamic because I think that that's pretty interesting and it's one of those things that people are kind of like "It, it. I mean, I know the lore back and forth. You guys know the lore back and forth. But it took a while to sink in, even to me, which means that it's kind of an abstract concept that maybe people aren't understanding. You know what I mean? So I I feel like maybe I need to do a Know Your Lore on that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Okay. So we've got, I think we'll probably be able to do this question and maybe one more. I'm not sure. Depends on how long we talk about this. Because this is a good one. This is actually something I've been thinking about. So, yeah. Yeah it doesn't have a name on it, and I wish it did because, dude, you're like right there in my brain. Get out of it. Anyway, uh, this person says, I had a question concerning a few locations in Legion. Sorry if this has been talked about before. When you fly from Dalaran, you can see the Tomb of Sargeras has a pylon and to the left of it, Suramar also has a pylon, possibly where Nighthold is. If Gul'dan is using the tomb and Illidan's body as some power conduit, also the Nighthold and the Well are being used as a conduit, could these two pylons be focal points for a portal at some point now there's a whole bunch of other stuff after that and i'm not going to get into it because it's a short novel but this is what i was thinking right okay you have beacon number one firing up right now with the green portal in the sky demons pouring out of it all that other stuff right you fire up portal number or you fire up pylon number two and then you get a portal between those two pylons where that bridge is at that is conceivably large enough for sargeras to step
1: through what well, do you
2: guys think
1: it makes perfect sense in regards to in order to bring and we know this right we, this has been established
2: he throughout needed all the years the, he the needs, night well goldon well. needed the yep. night well and he went to them because he needed it
1: for whatever he's doing but we also know, just in terms of bringing stuff from the Legion, from the Twisting Nether into reality, requires, or at least our reality, requires an insane amount of power. The bigger they are, the more power it takes. And, and the Well sp- of Eternity was gigantic. Well, I mean, it was it was linked directly to a Titan. You couldn't get much more power. No, but than I mean, like point, right? as
2: far as like scale, scope, size oh, it goes, it yeah. was gigantic. It was I just,
1: I-
0: I, this one thing I want to make a point on here, real yeah. quick. When you do Surmar, one of the things they tell you is that the reason that the the Grand Magistrix originally rebelled was because she found out that they were opening a second portal right. in what is now the Tomb of Sargeras, at the same time that they were already opening the first portal
2: at the Well of Eternity.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which, if you now, if you the night, the Night Well is basically the closest thing to the Well of Eternity they've got left to open.
2: It's the last bit of it.
0: Mm-hmm. unless yeah. you count unless you count the portal at Hyjal. Like yeah the one at Hyjal. um
2: but that wasn't original well of eternity that was here's a lake with water, let's put some well of eternity water in it. it's kind of diluted night
0: the night is well also...
2: is just like flat out here's well of eternity water right here
0: well, the thing is that the night well is also let's also use one of those pillars of eternity deals to turn this into something else, right, so it's directly linked to a titan's power okay, yep, all right which which here's what I'm thinking. Let's assume for a moment we've got the we get all the Pillars of Eternity, including the one that's going to be in the Nighthold raid, and we get them to Dalaran. We've already got that one portal going on, you know, the the one at the Temple of Sargeras. Uh, the Nightwell would assume would presumably be closed, but we want to use these things to close the portal, right? That's what we want the Pillars for—to close the portal. That's the idea. If they, yeah. they if they can close portals, well, I mean, what you know, keys open things and close things. Like if they it can be.
2: Before. If it can be locked, it can be unlocked. Well, so, and it also
1: it would also make sense, too, because of all those... I mean, if you're in Dalaran and you've ever been in there and you wonder where these random demons are spawning, it's because they're hiding in Dalaran in whatever form and have to be revealed by demon hunters or, or whatever the case is. So there's already agents of the Legion in Dalaran but, chilling but next to us.
0: Here's here's the, the thing I was trying to get to, though, the Nighthold is... The Nightwell is already made by one of the pillars. It is already... Like it's essentially already a key that's been flipped to do something else. What is the Nightwell doing? Like Nightwell is changing the the elves that drink out of it and eat. You know that their their entire life force is linked to it. They they exist. It's their food. Yeah, it's their food and their drink. It's everything. They they ingest that instead of eating. And they have been for a long time. the The Nightwell isn't normal. Like there's if you look at the Nighthold raid. There's some weird stuff going out with time and with, you know, the flow of time going on at the Nightwell right now. Where do we know of in Azeroth that we're going to see in 7.1 that has weird stuff going on with time under it? Karazhan? And where is the Legion trying to get into right now? Karazhan? So think of a moment. You've got the, the Tomb of Sargeras as a focal point. You've got the Nighthold as a focal point. Draw a triangle. And you can hit Carazon, which is over on the other continent, but it's still it's right in the middle of a ley line nexus. And it's the only leyline line nexus that isn't being used by a bunch of dragons. Now, Carazon to, to the Nightwell to the Tomb of Sargeras. There's your big enough portal
1: to let Sargeras through. Mm-hmm. Plus anything in... else that's lingering in there, too, with them.
0: I'm
2: just I'm just imagining like a giant portal like. The size of that portal, how big that would look if your character were standing, like your character wouldn't even register if you were looking. It'd be like a speck in it's the a corner.
0: Continent. <laughs> it's it it's a continent-sized be- portal. It's as big as the top part of the of the Eastern Kingdoms. You
2: like- you can't see across it. It just kind of fades out, and then and then as you're looking at this thing, a hand comes through it. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that would be the coolest thing ever. Okay. Sorry. Also, okay. possibly
0: the worst thing ever, but yes.
2: Yeah, but it looks so cool because, okay, I've always maintained that one of my favorite boss animations ever is when you're doing uh the Sunwell and Kill Jaden emerges from the Sunwell and does like that claw come out of it thing. Can you imagine that on a continent size scale?
1: Well, it'd have to be even bigger than that, too. It'd be okay? so cool. I mean, I uh, think think of how big a titan is the titan's large enough to have ripped you know an even old if it's god just like an of planet, avatar like, of
0: sargeras yeah. it would be so would cool well that's other thing to think about now too though while we're talking about this and i know we have to to stop but one of the things that makes me wonder is is simply this are we in fact missing the point of the pillars of creation what and, is the point yeah. yeah what what are they we only have like khadgar Got We we got the idea for the pillars because Khadgar was told by Magni that he worked for Azeroth and Azeroth wanted him to assemble them. How do we know? That's a that question that's... that
2: we're going to have to answer on the next show because I know that we have more emails that talk about stuff that leads exactly to that.
0: Yeah, so, so that's worth considering.
2: Yeah, but as as far as that goes... Yeah, the Pillars of Creation always struck me as kind of weird because it was like, all of a sudden, oh yeah, I know about that. There was a book, Gagar's Tower. I read it in my free time. Also, Aladai. Yeah, First Guardian. Bring him in. Like, all of this stuff seems kind of a little manufactured, but I don't know if that's deliberate or just, you know, it's the story. You can only tell so much in a story in a video game. You can't really go into the whole nuances of... All after, of it.
0: After seeing the medieval short, I—I I mean, not the medieval short, the Kagar short. Yeah. There's some stuff that you know. Well, we can talk about that later. I,
2: yeah, but that's still—it's one of those things where it's like, are these pillars of creation? Are we collecting them for the right purpose? Like, why are we getting them? Are we getting them because they're going to be the third part of that triangle? Is the triangle going to be Carazon K- or is it actually going to be on And we've got the triangle already set up right now because we've got boom Nighthold, boom Broken
0: Isles, boom on right there. It's possible Legion is you know going to try for as many as they can get, and if they get three, yay. You know what I mean? The Legion doesn't necessarily have. Well, we are trying to get in the city
2: them. already, and the city is where we're storing them. It's just what I'm I'm saying. You know, Khadgar is sitting here saying, well, we're going to use these things and we're going to close that big green portal in the sky. Well, what if it works the other way around and we're actually opening that big green portal and making it a heck of a lot bigger than it was previously? I don't know. Joe, what do you think? You've been quiet.
1: I've been quiet because I've been thinking back to the Khadgar short and when he's going through there and thinking about the quests that we go on when we happen to find our way into uh, Karazhan. We don't know how long the defensive had been down and tampered with or what had been planted or not planted for us to find. It's entirely possible that that initial book that we discovered, that initial one that told us how to get to where we're going and what we needed to do, that Kagar was all gun ho about us getting. What if that's not a real book?
2: Well, and here's, here's the part that I keep coming back to because... It hasn't really been mentioned again, and Khadgar certainly didn't say anything about it. When you are in there trying to find that material, the Echo of Medivh says that thing. He says, that which was foreseen has come to pass. The circle nears completion. What does that mean? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is that the Echo of Medivh as in good Medivh, or is that the Echo of Medivh as in the Sargeras-infested Medivh? And... Is he talking about, like, a good circle, a bad circle, a circle of time? What is he talking about?
1: I have a feeling we're going to have to pay some very close attention in patch 7.1.
2: And I know, you know, I keep waffling back and forth on that whole, oh, no, Cadgar's definitely not a bad guy. I might have thought he was a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. But now I'm kind of, like, going back on that again because I'm like... I'm wondering, he has this collecting these pillars and things, supposedly for this good cause. But he, like, he booted Jaina, who was prophesied to lead the Kiran tour. He booted her out, took things over, and set us in an entirely different direction. Like, is he trying to close this pillar? Is he trying to close the portal? Or is he trying to open it? Is this, like,
0: Cadgar being
2: Cadgar being good guy? Or is this medieval Part 2?
0: Remember kill jaden would not let goldon kill him
2: no he would not so what does that mean <laughs> does that
0: matter, you know khadgar might think he's doing the right thing it wouldn't be hard like I, I don't even think you'd need to make a fake book they may just be working with stuff that they knew was there this whole time because we there's lots of, of secrets about the Tomb of and what was going on in there? And when, when Khadgar went in there, there were seals. I'm dropping things, sorry. Go ahead. When Khadgar went in there, there were seals. And those seals were guardian seals. Why did Egwin do that? Was she trying to open it or close it? What was going on? Why'd she put Sargeras in there if it's a place that was originally going to be a giant portal for Sargeras? Do you know what I'm saying? There's, we don't know what's going on yet. We don't. And now that we've
2: had all of this creepiness discussion thing i i got chills like when we were talking about that i'm like if this is all a trick if this is mediv part two they're doing a very good job with it they really are um and it means that the end of this expansion is going to be like pull back the hood and boo i've been here all along haha <laughs> yeah um i'm curious i'm curious to see where that's gonna go uh we should probably wrap it up though because we are getting kind of towards the end of things and we don't quite have time to address another question because we talk too much. Um, Joe, did you have any more thoughts on the whole Cadgar medieval portal goosebump inducing mess that we've just gone over?
1: I've been saying since last expansion that something seems off about Khadgar. I still think something seems off about Khadgar. I wouldn't be surprised if there's more at play here than we know.
2: I-, I keep thinking, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like
1: bring me his skull
2: I'm just I'm leaning I, I, I'm leaning more I keep I was leaning the other way and now I'm leaning you know well, let me think about it right just like, a just,
1: little it's just it, I go back and forth so so wait a minute so Adrian defeats the avatar Sargeras gets infected with Sargeras who defeated right. who defeated Medivh
2: Cadgar did and I've, I've eh? said before eh? okay well I've said before in, in various tinfoil hats I've said you know, there was that whole he weakened Cadgar by aging him. He aged him and he drained him of his power like right before he died. He did that. And I'm wondering, like, I had been speculating at that point in time. Was he preparing him to be a vessel?
1: That's what I'm thinking, too. That's what I did. Been he weaken with, him like in that.
2: order to, like, initiate that transference. Is that what was going on? And is that why Jaden and the others haven't heard from Sargeras in so long? Because he's been dormant within Cadgar.
1: Entirely possible.
2: Ah, goosebumps. Okay, cool. Anyway, <laughs> just in time for Halloween too. Because if you're listening to this on Patreon or on the on the website, it's October thirtieth. Go figure. Halloween. There's some creepy stuff just to wrap things up okay so Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Watch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience and for the listeners of Blizzard Watch Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service they do have several Blizzard titles available available including uh, I believe Jaina Proudmore Tides of War is in there which is relevant to what we were talking to um, they also have well obviously Illidan is in there and we were talking about that I believe Wolfheart is in there which involves gang Greymane who we were also discussing um, with that 30-day trial and that th- free book download you can download any of those and just listen to them at your leisure so if you want to check those out go to blizzardwatch.com audible and sign up there uh final thoughts rossi
0: i just want to get on to talking more about stuff so let's move on <laughs> i'm i'm like
1: it's super... the end
2: of the show rossi we're wrapping it up so I please know. please I just... just do you Listen, have I... any final thoughts
0: i honestly want to know when 7.1 comes out carazon that's what i want to see i want to see what happens to the carazon story oh god I, yeah I, I there's been a lot of stuff that's been waiting for years for them to talk about I the upside-down
2: re- Carazon, I'm really wondering what's going on. Joe, I'm sorry, you're making noises. You got any final a, thoughts? I just
1: had a realization. Yes? So, back in the Frozen Throne Warcraft 3, the Tomb Argerus was originally, like, if you looked at it, and you looked at some of the old uh, Cthulhu-esque sketches of Ryla, they were very, very similar. You know, the sunken city of Ryla, the city that's been referenced multiple times by NPCs in this game very, very recently... Yeah, Whoa.
2: I think we're going to be talking about that next episode because again, like I said, we've got several other emails to address, and one of them talks about that creepy guy from the Emerald Nightmare, who we will be discussing next time. Um, final thoughts on my end i I need to I need to sit back and think about this, and I'm very keenly interested in seeing what happens in Karazhan, but I need to keep an eye on Cadgar because now, like. I was leaning in warlords, I was leaning towards Cadgar's not good and now I'm leaning and then I started leaning the other way and I was all the way on the other end of the equation by the time we got to the introduction to Legion and I'm starting to lean the other way again and it's going back and forth. It's like, who is this guy? Wait a minute. Okay. If Gul'dan knows him. Does Gul'dan know him? How does Gul'dan know him? <laughs> Does Gul'dan know him? Because he's not been talking to Cadgar? He's been talking to the other evil piece of, yeah, I don't know. It's stuff we're going to have to talk about. I'm going to have to write a tinfoil hat somewhere along the line here, again, about Cadgar, as if we hadn't had enough already. Anyway, uh, that wraps us up for Lore Watch, and we will see you guys in, oh, excuse me. That wraps us up for Lorewatch. But if you have any questions for Lorewatch, you can go ahead and email us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Be sure to put Lorewatch in the subject lines that we know what show it's intended for. Thank you for listening, guys, and we will see you in two weeks.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.